0: I'm kicking off a brand new series, y'all, and I'm really, really pumped about it. Um, I, I hope that you're going to love it as much as I do. Uh, but this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And if you have, if you're taking notes, the title to the series we're going to go with this whole Halloween theme. We have Hell House coming up. October's kind of known as the month prepping for Halloween, and so this, the the title to the series is going to be ghost stories. Everybody say ghost stories. Ghost stories. Any of y'all ever heard a ghost story? Any y'all ever like sit around the fire somebody telling ghost stories? How many of y'all know some really good ones? Okay, I need y'all to tell me your ghost stories so that I can maybe figure out if I want to use some of those during this, this series. But listen, I want to tell you real quick, just because I like fun and I like to kick things off with some fun, I want to tell you a personal ghost story in my life. You guys ready for this? So me and Christy got married, true story, me and Christy got married and we moved into this little single wide trailer house and, um, and weird things began happening at this trailer house. I'm not kidding, y'all. Now stay with me. It was not my wife. I promise you, because I. So, so, uh, so, what things that started happening. First of all, I, I would go around at the end of every night before I go to bed. Like we used to go to bed at like one in the morning. Anybody one in the morning people? I could do that when I was young. No longer now. I'm at eight thirty or. But so we would go to bed at like one in the morning. So every time I would go get ready for bed, one of the things that I would do is I would bolt lock all of our doors. So I would bolt lock our back door. And if you've ever lived in a single wide trailer, then this one was set up like the master bedroom, and then you come. Out of the master bedroom, and there's this little bitty thing with the washer and dryer and the back door's right there by your master bedroom, and then you come into the kitchen, then you go into the living room and then there's the other two bedrooms so obviously we were staying in the master bedroom, and I would bolt lock the back door every time I went to bed, and there was multiple times that I would get up in the middle of the night to hear the door swinging, Poom like hitting up against the house so i'd Babe, did you unbolt the door? No, I've been sleeping this whole time. So I jump up and I go and the, the bolt is, is pu- somebody had pulled the bolt lock open and the, the door's flying and then I just shut it and be mad and bolt it and go back to sleep. Weird stuff, right? But then even weirder, everybody say even weirder. Even weirder, even weirder y'all. I'm a creature of habit. I have a little bit of OCD, small, small amount of OCD. And uh, and so because I'm a creature of habit, I do the same thing with my stuff. Every time I get home, my shoes go in the same place. My keys go in the same place. Everything that I do goes in the same place. Having four children is tough because sometimes you place something somewhere and it's no longer there. So I know this wasn't my kids, because this was before we had children, okay? So we would go, and I would place my keys. There was this little area, there's a bar area in the trailer, and there's this thing that came up. Y'all might remember these, there was like these little mirrors and these cubby holes where the mirrors are with this little fence thing, y'all know what I'm talking about? And so I would always drop my keys right there in that little cubby where the fence was, and I would go to bed. So I would get up in the morning, and I would come, and I remember I would grab my keys, and there was at least 15 times, I would grab my keys and I would notice that there wasn't as many keys on my key ring as there was before. And so I'd like look down at my key ring and I would start looking all over the bar and I'd find a key over here on a random spot in the bar and then I'd find a key in another spot and then I'd put them back on. That happened probably 15 times while we were living at this house. Everybody say weird. Weird. Okay, now we're getting even weirder. Okay, we had a landline at that house. Y'all remember landlines? How many of y'all still got a landline? Old people, raise your hands. Mm I'm just kidding. And so we had a landline, and what happened was there would be multiple times when somebody would call our house. I would answer the phone and they would say, Is Mary there? And I would say, Mary, Mary, who? Uh, they'd say the name, what, no, Mary doesn't live here. I'm talking about multiple times. So finally, I got so freaked out with people calling. It was different people, it wasn't even the same person. So people would call, would call and they would call and they would call and ask for Mary. So finally I said, Babe, I'm changing our number because this is weird. Like, I don't like this. So I changed our number, and nine days later. I get a phone call, and I answer the phone. Is Mary there? And so I said, babe. She said, what? I said, this house is haunted. She said, what are you talking about? I said, Mary has been opening the back door. Mary's been moving my keys around, and Mary's using our phone to call people and they call them back. Listen. (laughs) Listen, I'm not kidding. We teased about that for forever. Like, anytime somebody come to our house and be like, man, there was something weird in the house, bro, that's, that's the ghost of Mary, man. I'm telling you, she's here. And so, listen, the ghost stories that we're talking about is nothing like that when we're talking about real ghosts, okay? That was not a real ghost because Mary was not actually living in my house, although we like to freak people out with that. Not going to lie. That was before I was a Christian. <laughs> But the ghost that we're going to talk about, the ghost stories that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a real ghost. And if you've been in the church world for a while, you might have heard of him as called the Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Yes. So, so this series is all about the Holy Ghost. And our plan is to share with you stories and testimonies of the works of the Holy Ghost in people's lives. And as Halloween is approaching, I just thought it would be fun and it would be cool as everybody else is getting ready to tell ghost stories and scary stories that we would brag on our Heavenly Father. We would tell stories about the Holy Ghost and real stories of real things that has actually happened. Come on, somebody give God praise this morning. So in this series, we're going to be breaking down who the Holy Ghost is what his role is in our life, and how we apply this to ourselves. We're going to start with a really interesting verse of scripture, a couple of scriptures. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 16. And in John chapter 16, Jesus is he's, he's trying to get the disciples prepared for him to leave. Can you imagine being one of the disciples and Jesus is like, hey, man, I'm leaving. And you're like, no, 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 no. There's no way that you're leaving. He's like, I've got to go to be with the father. So they get in arguments about, uh, you know, Peter says, no, you can't go. I rebuke you. And he says, get behind me, Satan. And all these kind of things going on with Jesus trying to tell them that that he's going to leave. And so you get to John 16 and there's this really interesting passage of scripture that I want to read. I want to read verses five through verse 10. And here's what it says. It says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. Where's he going? He's going to be with God, the Father. I'm going the way to be with the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you are grieving because of what I have told you. But in fact, everybody say in fact. It is best for you that I go away, because if I don't go, the advocate, everybody say the the advocate, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of its And of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. So in that set of scriptures, Jesus says, it's best for you if I leave, because if I leave, I'm going to send to you the Advocate. If you're a King James person, he says, uh, and and that's translated as the helper. I'm going to send to you the advocate or the helper. Or if you want to go all the way back to the Greek, the word there for the Holy Spirit in the Greek is paraclete. Everybody say paraclete. And so he says, I'm going to send to you the paraclete, which is actually defined as advocate, and helper. And so, if you're taking notes this morning, the title to today's message and the roles of the Holy Spirit that we're gonna talk about today is his role of advocate and helper. So, it's those two words advocate, helper. Now, let's talk about what those mean. An advocate is a person who publicly supports, comes to our aid, or pleads our case to a judge. A helper is someone who comes alongside us to help. So this is so powerful. Say this, say here with me. Jesus says, I am It's a big deal for me to leave. It's better for you that I leave because I am sending to you someone who's literally going to walk through life with you. I'm sending to you someone who's going to to advocate for you, someone who's going to help you, someone who's going to uh, go to God the Father for you, who is the judge. He's going to go and plead our case to God. God, lead, help us. I don't know about you, but I need somebody like that in my life. So, as we dive into this message today, there's a few points that I want to share with you concerning the Holy Spirit being our advocate or our helper and how you can begin to listen to Him as He's trying to help you. If you're taking notes, number one in your notes is this Jesus leaving fulfilled the Spirit's role as our advocate. Now, stay with me. Jesus leaving fulfilled the Spirit's role. As our advocate. Now, like I shared just a minute ago, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Now, who is Jesus? You got to think about this. Jesus is our King, He's our Savior, He's the miracle worker. He is the man that's literally been with the disciples, training them and showing them supernatural works. He's been changing the world. And Jesus, the King and the Savior, says, It's better for you if I'm not here. Huh? I don't know about you, but in my mind and probably the mind of the disciples, it ain't no better than you, homie. It doesn't get any better than Jesus, right? And so they're they're arguing and they're fighting with him because he says, it's actually better if I go. And in anybody's mind, they're gonna be thinking, no, 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 no. It ain't better for me if you go. I still got a whole lot of coaching I need. And he says to them, it's better for you because my role here is done. And I'm going to be sending in this new guy, the Holy Spirit. Think about for just a minute the benefits of the Holy Spirit compared to Jesus. Okay. Jesus told them, it's better for you that I go. Here's why. Here's one of the reasons why. Listen, Jesus can only minister to a group of people that he's with. Right. Jesus is flesh and blood. He can't, like, disappear and go minister to Steve at the same time that he's ministering to John at the same time that he's ministering to me. Like, he is, he's, if, if he's talking to this group, he's talking to this group. But you know what's cool about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit can minister to all of us at one time. The whole Jesus said, I got to go. Stop thinking about yourselves and think about the whole church because I got to go. Because if I go, then you will have somebody that personally inside of you can lead and guide every part of your life. Somebody say, that's good. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Lord. So real quickly, because I think that it's a big deal for you to understand the roles of God. I want to talk about the different roles. and In order to talk about the different roles, you have to understand, you have to understand God. God is set up in this trinity. Everybody say trinity. Trinity. Y'all help me out. What's the trinity? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now let me just go ahead and, and tell you there's a lot of controversy in the Trinity, in the workings of the Trinity, and how the Trinity works, lots of people believe there's this, this oneness belief uh, that the Father is the Son and is the Holy Spirit. They all make up one being, and they are all that being, and they like would trade out, like, okay, at this moment, I'm the Father, and then at this moment, I'm the Son, and then at this moment, I'm the Holy Spirit, and they, they believe that there's not three personal beings, but there is one God who trades out roles. But what we believe and what we teach and what we see in scripture is that it's actually the father has roles, the son has roles, and the spirit has roles, and all of their roles are completely different. The Holy Spirit can't do the father's roles. And the father doesn't do the Holy Spirit's roles, right? And so what happened? You can, you can see this all through scripture, but a great example would be Jesus saying, I'm going to be at the right hand of my father and I'm gonna to send to you the Holy Spirit. So what he doesn't say is, I'm going to be at the right hand of myself, and then I'm going to send to you myself in a different form. Why did he not say that? Because he was going to be with his father, who is a different role, and he's sending us the Holy Spirit. So the roles of God, God the Father is our judge, y'all. God the Father with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they created everything. Together, in the, in the, in the, at the very beginning, they created everything together. And, and during creation, they made humans, and humans did this really, really stupid thing. We cut our, our relationship off with God. So then Jesus took on the role of Savior. He took on the role of Savior so that we could reconnect with God. So Jesus' role was Savior. He came to save you and I so that we don't have to live in sin and so that we don't have to to go to hell but that we can have an eternity with with God in heaven. Somebody say amen. Amen. And Jesus right now has a role. The Bible says that right now he's at the right hand of the Father mediating on our behalf. That's a big deal, y'all. Listen, God the Father's not doing that. The Holy Spirit's not doing that. Jesus is doing that for you and me because he died for us. So Jesus right now, his role is to mediate on our behalf, but he's got another role coming. His role coming is that he's coming as king and he's going to rule for a thousand years here on the earth. And so you have to understand those different pieces to understand their role. The Holy Spirit has a role. His role is not the role of Jesus. His role is not the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role. And this is so powerful if you can just grasp it. The Holy Spirit's role is to come along beside me and you and inside me and you and help us be the people that God desires us to be. Somebody say that's good. So, right now, if you're a believer, then the Holy Spirit is living within you, He's our personal access to God. Before Jesus came and died, we didn't have this, this role available to us. We didn't have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. Paul talks about this a lot in Romans chapter 8. As a matter of fact, I want to read to you just a little bit of Romans chapter 8 just so that you can understand the role of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing and that it's biblical what I'm talking about. Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. I want to read. I'm going to start reading in verse 5. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Everybody say always. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are, are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you, are controlled by the, but you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Now, the Scripture is, is talking about this inner fight inside of each and every one of us that we have. If you're a believer, you got that inner fight going on sometimes, Anybody ever like about to do something really dumb or fall into temptation or go hang at a place or whatever? And and for whatever reason, you feel this like either this nudging or this this voice in your mind or something telling you, hey, that's a really bad idea for you to do that. Anybody? So what that is, is that is the Holy Spirit inside of us trying to lead and guide our lives And typically what happens is right after the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to lead and guide your life, if you don't automatically follow what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, then typically what happens is the sinful nature comes on the other shoulder and it begins to say, come on, man, you went last time, right? So then you have this battle that's going on. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, you got me in you for a reason, You want to be a child of God? You want to do what God's called you to do? Then do it. Then I'm I'm trying to lead you. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to do my role. Now let me. But so many times what happens is we fall into this sinful nature. And this is what Romans chapter 8 is talking about. the, the, The Holy Spirit's role is literally if we will just listen to him, he will lead and guide every piece of path in our life that we're supposed to go down. Remember, the Spirit's role is to lead and guide and help us. But it, it's only beneficial to us if we listen and do what he's telling us. Another part of his role as our helper is to guide us into all truth. John chapter 16, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And then it says he will not speak on his own. In other words, he's speaking what God tells him to speak. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Let me ask you a question. Anybody ever hear two different pastors preach a message on the exact same top scriptural area and they're absolutely contradicting each other? (laughs) When that's happening, sometimes both of them can make a pretty good argument for where they're going, right? And then it leaves you a little bit confused on which one's right and which one's wrong. Anybody ever been there? How about listening to church people? Man, you listen to church people argue at all about biblical things, you're probably gonna get confused because all of them have their opinions and all of them have like, like well, I like it this way and I want it this way, so I'm making this argument, right? Anybody, is that just me? Y'all never heard church people argue? Said, oh yes. (laughs) Listen, you know what the Holy Spirit does in the middle of that? When you're wondering what's right and what's wrong, and when you're wondering, wondering what passage of Scripture is, is good or, or not good, he, he, will, he will place it inside of your spirit. I remember not too long ago, I was visiting a church. I was listening to this guy do some prophetic things, and uh, something in my spirit said, no, no, that's not good. And, 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 and it went through, and, uh, and I listened to my spirit. Something in my spirit said, there's something off about this guy and what's going on. Anybody ever had that? I hope it wasn't in this church. <laughs> There's something off about what's being taught. There's something off about what's going on. And so at the end of it, I, uh, I, I went up and he had prophesied something over me and it was confirmation to me because he was dead wrong. And he had prophesied over all these different people. And so wh- 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 now I'm telling you that because I could have been confused if I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. When he prophesied and told me the thing that he told me, if I didn't have that check in my spirit and I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, then I could have got really confused. So what I'm saying to you is that when you're listening to people argue or people teach, or just because pastor says something doesn't mean that it's true. If something inside of you says, no, no, then that's the Holy Spirit leading you into truth, y'all. And you listen to the Holy Spirit above me, you listen to the Holy Spirit above anybody else. You know what's beautiful about the Holy Spirit too? Some of y'all need to hear this. The Holy Spirit will never lead you in something that goes against this. Never. I've heard people say things all the time to me. Well, I, I mean, I know that's in there, but the Holy Spirit told me, God showed me. No, he didn't. Satan showed you that. Your sinful nature showed you that. God is not a liar, and he's never going to go against his word. But listen, that Holy Spirit's role so many times is to confirm the word, is to confirm what we're supposed to be doing. And so the Holy Spirit's role as helper and advocate in our life is a big stinking deal, y'all. Everybody say it's a big deal. big deal. So Jesus leaving confirmed the Spirit's role. And now you understand what his, part of what his role is. Number two, and this kind of goes along with number one, some of what I talked about. Number two is the Spirit is our map. In the journey of life. Anyone ever been lost before? What do you do when you're lost? Y'all. Siri, can you take me to 101, uh, 45 Highway 7? That's what you do when you're lost, right? When you're lost on a road and you need directions, typically you ain't asking people anymore because people are dumb. And if you've asked anybody for directions in a really long time, you went back to Siri. You know why? Because Siri don't lie. And so what happens is, you, 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 if you don't know the way to go, you, you, you get help from someone that you know is going to give you truth. You get empowered, if you will, to go the right way from hearing the right voice. And can I be honest with y'all? It took me a while to get used to GPS. I remember our first big trip, me and Christy, we drove to Nashville, Tennessee with one of those Atlas maps. Anybody ever done that? It's real easy to get lost with an Atlas map because your wife is not Siri. Uh, And she does lie sometimes a little bit on accident about where we're supposed to be going. But Siri, and so it it took me a long time to get used to Siri talking to me as I was driving and, and leading. Some of you still have a little bit of issues following the GPS. As a matter of fact, y'all, she's gonna be mad at me. But the other day, we were in Nashville, Tennessee, and Debbie was driving. If y'all don't know who Debbie is, she's right over here. Um, <laughs> Debbie was driving the band around, and there was a lot of prayer—probably more prayer than has ever been in the in the in the the band ministry, the worship team. And so she was driving the band around. Y'all, I'm not lying to you. I laughed because she put in the GPS to go where we were going, back to the house. We're downtown Nashville. She missed the exit three times. (laughs) Same exit. Three times. We had a U-turn loop all the way. We're in downtown on interstates. This is not a 45-second turnaround. This is an eight-minute turnaround. And then your eight-minute turnaround again. And then your eight-minute turnaround again. (laughs) What are you saying? I'm saying some people don't know how to follow (laughs) directions. Is that anybody else or is it just Abby? Okay, y'all make her feel good. Lift your hands. (laughs) But listen, y'all, I've got so used to my phone GPS, like trusting Siri with telling me where to go. I don't even have to look at it anymore. I know when Siri says... Uh, left turn, uh, get ready to turn left, it's not for about at least 50 yards. that. I, so I don't need to slow down yet. I'm getting ready to turn. Why? Because I've been following her and listening to her for a long time. And so I know when she says to do things, get ready to turn or whatever, I don't even actually have to, li- to, 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 to look at the map. I can just listen to her and typically I go the right way. Almost always I go the right way. You know why? Because I've become really, really fond of listening to and follow the directions of Siri. How many of y'all are with me on that? And listen to me. The Holy Spirit wants to be our GPS in life. And when we first start trying to follow the direction and the lead of the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes we we get, we miss the exit three times. Sometimes we get way off over on the wrong road. But can I be honest with you? The more that you listen and the more U-turns that you make, And the more that you get it wrong and begin to understand the voice of the Holy Spirit, the more that you get it right. And his role is to lead us and guide us in everything that we do. Let me ask you this, just because I think it'd be fun. What are some examples, just real quickly, you can throw them out. What are some examples of how the Holy Spirit has led or guided you through something? Anybody? I'm sorry? Decisions, he led and guided you in decisions. Anybody else? Financial. Financial, okay. Fortune, cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Fortune cookies. Fortune <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Marriage. Marriage. I, I wrote a few down that I, I, I have seen him do either in my life or the lives of people that I know. The Holy Spirit has spoke to me vividly through Scripture. Like I was dealing with something specific. I dropped the book open, maybe even frustrated with God and read something and the Holy Spirit said, that was for you. I'm leading you and guiding you in scripture. If you don't ever read scripture, oh God, you need to. How about dreams? Anyone ever had any dreams, crazy dreams that the Holy Spirit gave you? Visions, promptings? Anybody ever been prompted by the Holy Spirit? to do or not to do something, gut feelings, use somebody else to confirm what that gut feeling was. Listen, that's all workings of the Holy Spirit. That's him saying, if you will just listen to me, then I will help you because my role is your helper. But if you won't listen to me, then there's no point in me trying to do my role. Our point three this morning Is simply going to be titled Ghost Stories. Throughout this series, we're going to have a time during every service where uh, people are going to actually come and share stories of things that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost has done in their lives. And um, I believe what the Bible says, that faith comes by hearing. And part of that is hearing what God has done in people's lives. And so the first person, uh, I'm going to ask you to give it up for my dad as he comes. <clears throat> Listen, you might notice that he's walking a little bit slow. He's actually not supposed to be here, and he's doing this as a favor to me. He just had a surgery a couple of days ago, and he's supposed to be in bed right now. But my dad has some really, really cool stories of ways that the Holy Ghost has helped him. And so I wanted him to share some of those stories with you this morning. Um, how are you feeling? I am here. <laughs> Thank and you so God much. God is good. Amen. 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 Listen, um, so the first story that I wanted you to share, I remember as a kid growing up and I thought this was nuts. You're going to think it's nuts, too. Uh, But as a kid growing up, I remember hearing you preach and you telling one time while you were preaching that God helped you by filling up your empty tank in the car with gas. Could you share that story with us? Yeah, it's a true story. Um, Tina and I both came from very poor
1: families And when we got married, we weren't saved either. So, so we, we got saved. That was a really good thing on a Sunday morning and both of us the same Sunday morning, but you know, every week we had to borrow money from my dad just to make it through the week. I mean, gas money, you know, and some of you may be there now, you you may know that, that feeling, but anyway, so we had started going to church. We, my wife, she made a. Our mind that if we were going to go to church we're going to go faithfully, so we're going to be there every time the door so prayer meeting Sunday morning, Sunday night Wednesday, and so we were and so I got off work and uh, we went home she had Fred dressed and we, Michelle may have been alive i 'm not positive we had one or two, but we we were heading to uh, we were heading to church, and our car had broke down, and we had bought this old ranchero. And if you don't know what a Ranchero, it is the opposite of uh, a El Camino Ford version. Okay. And it was a real dandy. The uh, Everything on it was, didn't work except for the motor and transmission. So the gas gauge didn't work. It had three on the column. And when you went from reverse to back to first, it would hang. You'd have to get out, open the hood, slam the the uh, the little uh, things and get them back lined up. And then you could get in and go. It's just a real dandy. Tina asked me to never park it in front of the church the back and it was this really horrible car but anyway we were on our way on a Wednesday night to church and we turned on 350 out by Beacon Bay we had about four miles to 190 if you know that area of Livingston and uh, the car started running out of gas and the gas gauge never worked, and we didn't have any money, so we were always right there, you know, always just right there. So I did everything that you were doing those days. If you if you are as old as I am, you know what to do. I downshifted, that was the first thing, and then I flopped the car back and forth like this, because it didn't have, it had a carburetor, so you you know, you, you're trying to get fuel back up to the carburetor, it didn't have injection like they do today so I'm flopping the car back and I was like let's pray <laughs> you know whatever and then I'm like Lord it's a Wednesday night we're going to church oh you know come on a little help here please you know get a kind of thing and so anyway the car picked up and generally it'll pick up and run a half a mile that's going to pick up at all or maybe a mile and it picked up and it ran the whole three and a half four miles Tina and I were looking at each other and we're just like wow this is the Lord. And, and by the way, y'all, this was a season in our life that we had just gotten saved and God did some spectacular things During that short season in our life to show us who he was and how powerful he was. And that's just a fact. A lot of things happen. For example, I'm not going to get off on another story, but we, we, our air condition broke and it was August and we were burning up and we took hands together and prayed over that air condition. And so help me God, as I stand in front of you, that thing smoked when it went out and you know, the whole thing. And it came on and run the entire ha- time we owned that house. Just laid hands on it. God was showing off. Anyway, we got down to the gas station. And I had about five bucks to make it from Wednesday night till Friday. Of course, Dad was in the picture now. You know, he was going to have to borrow money. And I took the money in and I went out to put the $5 in the car. And as I put the nozzle in, and this can happen, but I put the nozzle in and it just went click. And that can happen. Air can trap, you know, and just so click, click. I'm like, click, and I just looked in there, and so help me, God had filled our tank full of gas just to let us know who he was and that he saw us. Now, what did I learn from that? What did I learn from that? Years to come, when we face financial difficulties, I knew that God could feed 5,000 people with just a few loaves and fishes, but I had a personal experience to know that God can fill up my tank. When we went to build this building, we had a small congregation and a big dream, but I knew that if God can feed 5,000 with just loaves and fishes, and He can fill up a ranchero all the way to church, then He can make, and make anything happen. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. And that is a true story. God did that for us. Give the Lord praise.
0: Listen, with with gas with gas prices the way that they are now, how many of y'all could use one of those miracles? <laughs> that was the only time He ever did that. <laughs> Amen. So, um, the next story that I'm going to ask you to share um, um, is one that you had went to this conference or something and the, the Holy Spirit helped you or God helped you by giving you the faith to speak to this barn or this bar. And it, it, share that story with us.
1: Well, it was in that same season that I was telling you about that God was doing extraordinary things for us for some reason about to thrust us into the ministry. We didn't know God and we didn't know the power of God. And anyway, we had gone to this revival. I remember it was this long-haired guy named Eugene Green and he was really weird. And uh, we didn't know about the Holy Ghost, and we didn't know about anything. We didn't know anything. And this guy prophesied over my wife, and he told her her life. And he didn't know her. And that (laughs) kind of helped us to believe a little bit that some of this stuff may be true. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever had any caution or other things, you know, that you're, and so, so, Anyway, this guy was preaching a message and he said, he said things like, you can have what you say. It was a scripture in the Bible, he said. And he said that there's power in your mouth, life and death are in the power of the tongue. We never heard any of these things before. You know, it's just amazing stuff he was saying. So we're, we're driving home out by Beacon Bay in Livingston again, same house, same everything, different car, but <laughs> everything else same. And so we're heading home and it was a Sunday night and uh, there's a big old barn out there that by our house by Beacon Bay and they had turned this barn into a big old club and y'all the music was real loud just down from our house real loud people were outside drinking folks were drunk all over the place and something rose up in my spirit and it just it it, and it just began to speak y'all. And so I just said, we had just come from this service, and he's talking about the power in your tongue and all those kinds of things. So I just, I just let it go, man, the Holy Spirit leading me. And you know, I said, I curse this barn in the name of Jesus. I curse I curse this by our house in the name of Jesus. I command it to be, I didn't know what to say. I don't know nothing. I've just come from a service, and he's, that's what he said. And I'm saying it. So anyway, it's just, you know, okay. And then we drove home. And a few days later, and this is exactly how it happened. A few days later, a storm came through in the the evening time. And uh, anyway, I got in my car to drive to work the next morning, and I drove up to the stop sign, y'all. And literally, I saw metal strolled from the airport. It is a prison there now all out where that prison was, out to the lake, metal. It never crossed my mind one time about that prayer that I prayed, never crossed my mind. Have you ever seen damage and you just go? And I'm sitting at this stop sign and I'm just going. And while I'm at that stop sign, totally amazed by the damage that this storm had done. The Holy Spirit said to me, you did that. That's right. The Holy Spirit said to me, you did that. What, what have I learned from that? I learned from that experience that when I'm down, I can speak life into my situation. When, when, when Listen, when things are not right, I can call them right. I, in the name of Jesus, I can say what the Bible says. And it'll be done. I've learned that through that experience. So as weird as that was, I'll take the experience for the education. Amen.
0: (laughs) Y'all give it up one more time for God. Well, I'm, I'm either going to need my faith to be built a little bit or I'm going to need my dad to run down to this daiquiri place because I've been praying for it to uproot. And so maybe, maybe on your way home today if you want to stop by. Once again. Yeah, that was the only time that ever happened, so I'm just saying. Maybe if we all pray together, we can get that place uprooted. Somebody say Amen. amen. We all have, I have one more story that I'm going to ask him to share. He was uh, uh, a kid, young, maybe teenager, I don't remember. But um, the Holy Spirit led his mom to not allow his sister to go somewhere. And I think it's an incredible story on how it turned out. And so, Dad, would you share that one? Yeah. If you, if you hadn't heard anything I said so far, you listen to this,
1: because it's so important. The Holy Spirit is so good to us. Showing us things. Helping us. But when I was a kid, we had some friends lived about four or five miles down the road, and they were f- commercial fishermen. My dad was doing some commercial fishing, plus some carpenter work and stuff, and uh, they, they uh, had two kids. One of them was my sister Annette's age, and one of them was about my age, a girl and a boy like us, and so we had become close and uh, they were going to go on the other side of Tyler where there was a farmhouse somewhere their family and spend the weekend. And my sister, Annette, they asked her to come with Susan, their daughter, and there was no reason for them for her not to go. We were all close. But my mom said no. And you know how kids are. They'll just wart you to death when they want to do something. And, you, you know, and so anyway, my sisters just started warting my mom to death. She wanted to go so bad. And my mom just turned around. And she said to her, look, I don't know why I can't let you go, but I have a check in my spirit and I can't cross that check. Well, our friends went on and stayed home. She wasn't happy, but she stayed home. And that weekend, that house burnt down. And Annette's best friend, Susan, burned in that. But what I learned from that is, as you travel this road of life, the Holy Spirit will give you checks all the way through. And he'll say, don't do that. And you'll think, why? Why not? It seems like it's the right thing to do. Listen, never cross the check of the Holy Spirit. You may not ever, until we get to heaven, know why you shouldn't do that. But if the Holy Spirit is leading you not to do something or to do something. Another lady in our church said that the Holy Spirit told her to get out of the stock market right before one of the crashes. I said, that's what the Holy Spirit can do. He can lead you in such a way. It's so amazing and so beautiful, but never cross the check of the Holy Spirit. You'll be sorry if you do.
0: Hey, before I let him go down, I wanted to say something. My, my dad just recently, he's been having a lot of surgeries and a lot of things. He just recently stepped down from teaching his class. And as you can see, he's a much better teacher than probably anyone around. Uh, he just stepped down from teaching his class. He's been having surgeries and just a lot going on. And he taught for 35 years. And so I just wanted to thank him and give him a card and tell him that I love him. Would you give it up for my dad? Amen. How many of y'all have experienced some of those types of checks in your spirit or God leading you? Hey, I wanted to, in closing, I want to share one that I got to experience two years ago. So two years ago, we had planned to go to Mexico. And I, I, y'all, I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go to Mexico. Mexico is like my second home. I'm learning Spanish, so if you speak Spanish, don't speak no more English to me. You just speak Spanish to me. If I don't catch on, then give me some grace. And uh, so, listen, I'm, I love, love Mexico. I used to go three times a year. I love to go to Mexico. Uh, t- tomorrow, we're going, me and Mama's going. Kids ain't going, and it ain't a mission trip, so don't call me. Uh, and so, uh, so, listen, but uh, I-, I love to go. Well, two years ago, we had set this trip to go to Mexico. Hey, don't let this story talk you out of going to Mexico with me. Okay, because luckily I'll listen to the Holy Spirit. But uh, so so two years ago, we were going to go to Mexico. Everything was set Saturday night. We're leaving Sunday morning after church. That's the plan. Saturday night. I just got this bad feeling in my spirit having that. And let me preface this by saying every I've been going for 10 years down to Mexico. Every single time that I have went, somebody has told me not to go. Every single time, the Lord doesn't want you to go. It's too dangerous. Da-da-da-da-da. I mean, every single time. So I go home and I'm like, "All right, Lord, if that's if that's accurate, I need you to give me a check in my spirit because I'm going, baby. I mean, and so if, if you don't tell me, then I'm going. So every single time, somebody. In fact, well, we're not going to get into that. There has been multiple every time. And so this time, I'm a Saturday night. Really bad feeling. I, I get up early. I've had about two hours of sleep. I come into my office. I'm sitting in my office, and one of our our interns are planning on going to Mexico with us. His name was Alex. And so Alex comes into my office, and I'm like, hey, bro, you ready to go to Mexico today? And he says, man, I ain't going to Mexico. And I was like, what? He was like, dude, I had this dream last night. I had this dream that we got shot up by the cartel in Mexico, and there ain't no way that I'm going. I've already got like this check in my spirit. Well, now I got this 17-year-old kid telling me about this dream that he had. So I'm like, "Eh, oh, is this really God? Uh, And so then, sometimes when you're hard-headed like me, it's got to come through a lot of people. And so then I walk into the Holy Spirit, true story. I, I walk into the Holy Spirit. I walk into the sanctuary. And I'm talking to one of the other people about going to Mexico. And he says to me, man, I've decided to cancel. I'm not going to go. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, man, something in me is just not it's just not right. And so we go through the whole service. I preach and I'm still wondering the whole service. I haven't made a call. The whole service goes on. We're planning on going. We pray about the trip that we're going to Mexico on during the service. We get back here and I just I just can't leave. With the people, and I remember getting out of the minibus, and they're all packed up and they're ready. And I said, Guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that some of y'all have taken this week off and you've asked for vacations and all the things, but I just got something in me that is saying, We can't go. And um, actually, it was in the van, it was a white van. And I said, Something in me is saying, We can't go. I'm not going, Uh, and if I'm not going, you're not going, because you don't know where to go. And so we canceled the trip that Sunday, and we learned next week, listen to this, I believe this was God, we learned the next week that there was a white van that went through the same street that we were gonna go down at the same time that we were gonna go down, Texas tags on it just like our white van, they got shot to pieces, it was a Mormon church, they got shot to pieces and almost everyone in the van died. Now you can think that was coincidence. I do not believe that that was coincidence. I believe that the Holy Spirit was leading us out of trouble if we will listen. Now if we wouldn't have listened, I believe that that would have been us. But it's so important for you and me. It's his role to tell us what to do. So when we don't listen, that is just us being stupid. That's us causing ourselves or our families or even our church to be in danger. His role as our advocate and our helper is to lead and guide every piece of our life. Allow him to lead and guide as he's supposed to. Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, would you guys step out and come to the front and begin to play and sing. And as they're coming, I'm going to ask our altar team, would you guys step out and come to the front? Pastors, prayer partners, step out and come to the front. And everybody else in here, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, in just a minute, we're going to, we're going to sing a song. We're going to open up the altars. It's not lunchtime yet, so don't get in a rush. We're going to open up the altars and I'm going to ask you and challenge you. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you today? For some of you, I believe that you are being drawn to God. Maybe you're not living for God. Maybe you've doubted God, but I believe that the Holy Spirit right now is putting something inside of you in your stomach. He's drawing you to come to him or maybe come back to him. For some of you, you are at a place in your life where you literally need a word from God, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, something from Him. For some of you, you need prayer, you need a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit today. But listen in just a second, as we begin to play this song, you know if the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding and putting a check in you. If you need to be getting prayer from someone, we have a team of people that would love to pray for you. If you want to come down and find a place where you can just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you personally, come and find a place at the altar. Come and find a place at the stairs. Come and find a place where God can speak directly to you. If you need to be down here, don't wait. If you need to get yourself right with Jesus, don't wait. Allow the Holy Spirit to draw you to him. Come on right now, as we begin to play this song, step out and come.